So, how are you doing today? <laughs> Who am I? We haven't introduced ourselves. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good though. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell me, tell me who you are. Oh, I'm I'm Shane. Yeah. Uh, last name redacted. Uh, I'm 23 years old. Uh, from Houston, Texas. Also from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and I live in Brooklyn, New York, right now. My girlfriend. What part of Brooklyn? I'm in Crown Heights. Yeah, I guess I guess I'll go. I'm Caleb. Yeah, uh, from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Not to be confused with Bedford anywhere. Very different. Very different. very very. It's very new different. over there. Um, yeah. Also, 23 years old. Also living in Brooklyn, but not in Crown Heights. I'm I'm out in Williamsburg slash Bushwick, kind of on the border. Yeah. Still figuring it out. Just moved there last month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Last month. Last month, exactly today. I think makes Look, it makes a whole month. So happy anniversary. Yeah. Big day. Big day First today. Month. Yeah. Big day. Uh, it's a especially big day because you're listening to the pilot episode of our podcast, which we came up with because at 23 years old and in a pandemic, the last thing you ever want to talk to anyone about is your job. But it's yeah. all they ask you about. Exactly. So this is, you know, we're the, uh, anything but work. I forgot the name. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. it. Yeah. The anything but work podcast. And so rule number one, and I think the only rule we have only is rule. to never talk about work, but I guess we're going to break that on this one podcast. Yeah. Just this just, one time, just this one on this one episode, um, and talking about it because we do want to create that space, not only for ourselves, but for other people to uh be able to express themselves and not think about the things that they have to think about from nine to five or right. whatever their Bills. work hours are yeah exactly yeah because that adds up that it, really, adds up. it really does and it's hard to take your mind off of it right like you'll end up like you'll go a whole day and it's like wow like i did nothing but think about my job which maybe it's like the point of your job depending on what you do uh but i would hope that there's room for you to kind of have a life between that and that's what this is all about exactly and it's and it's not as if we don't care or aren't passionate about what we do yeah um we obviously are we support anyone that's trying to get their bread up yeah you know get your paper <laughs> yeah we out here we trying to get our paper know? respectfully sometimes not respectfully Who yeah knows? sometimes not you know know your worth yeah, if you own the means of production you got to know your worth you got to know your worth uh but sometimes you also have to step away from that yeah. And that's and that's where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're at. So this is us stepping away and into the booth. You see us on camera. It doesn't look like any studio I've imagined you've seen, but you know, it's the pilot, you know. We don't all start, you know, with the studio. Sometimes we start in a closet. Exactly. You know? Location may may change, may not. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Not anytime <laughs> soon. But you know, yeah. it might get a little spruced up. Yeah. yeah. Might get a sheet. <laughs> For my shirts in the background. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what happens. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. Yeah, starting from the bottom. So, yeah, only rule is that uh, don't talk about work, but Caleb said we're going to break that rule one time, one time only. So, uh, Caleb, the dreaded question, where do you work? So, I'm currently working at... And 
that's about as far as I'm going to go because I don't want to talk too much about work. See, there you go. He's off, see, he's off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> he had to do it, but he made it, he made it short. You, know? uh, you? How about you? Uh, me? I... There we go. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Off, off to a good start. Keep, it, good keep start. it short and sweet. All right, so Shane, we're just moving on. You know, how did, how did we meet each other? That's a great question, Caleb. You see, it all started in the wonderful year 2012, the time that we thought the world was going to end. We were about eight years off. <laughs> um, but yeah, 2012, freshman year at Deerfield Academy an elite boarding school mm -hmm. for future, you know, massive corporation owners, <laughs> breeding ground for far-right think tanks, and, you know, hate crime perpetrators. Oh, man. But, you know, the mac and cheese fucking slap. The mac and cheese you. does slap. The it, dining does, hall. it does slap. The dining hall went crazy. But, you know, back when, well, not back when, they still do this. I imagine they do a much better job than, you know, what, what I'm about to describe, but you know, when they recruit their uh, their people, their little brown folks, spice up the brochures, <laughs> you know, they happen to come through uh, the Knowledge is Power program, the KIPP charter schools, happen to be in one. There's a whole little program they did. You could spend a summer at a boarding school. Whoa, Hogwarts. Damn, that's sick. Mm -hmm. So I did that and uh, found out about Deerfield. I thought it was the only boarding school in the world. If I knew there were other options. Perhaps would have diversified my uh, application pool, but you know I love the experience. At the end of the day, uh -huh. I show up, um, put in a dorm without air conditioning in the mid September, early September. That's tough of New England. That yeah, really it's, tough. It's, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. I came, you know, I'm coming from Texas, and I'm like, damn, like obviously I'm used to some heat, but this is kind of crazy. I didn't, I didn't anticipate this level of, of perspiration I'd be experiencing. And, you know, I, you know, I ended up trying to find my people. And honestly, do you remember like any like specific instance in which we met for the first time? Like, I just feel like we kind of just, um, glommed. I, I'll have to think about that. But while I think about it, I, I, I I'll just explain how I ended up there too. Oh, yeah. But you brought up a good point about how, uh, the majority of people of color that end up at these quote unquote elite elite private school boarding schools in the New England area are often recruited from these programs, yeah, um, such as KIPP or Prep for Prep, or Prep Nine, a lot of these New York programs, mm -hmm. uh, which makes it extremely extremely difficult. Uh, to actually get into these schools. Super hard. Most people don't even know about these schools yeah. unless you are in one of those things. I know when I started going to Deerfield and I would go back home, people would ask me, I'm like, well, where do you go to school? I'd say, oh, Deerfield's boarding school. Next question is always like, what did you do wrong? <laughs> it, was, it was always as if like my parents shipped me away to military right. camp or something because I was uh, uh, a terrible child. But that wasn't the case. Uh, actually, I mean, he was a terrible child, but yeah, unrelated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unrelated, unrelated. Um, so I went to a very unique middle school uh, for inner city kids in New Bedford, Massachusetts, called Nativity Prep. Shout out Nativity Prep uh, for all those people listening out there. 
you should donate to the school great school hey that's what's up um, no sponsor no sponsor but yeah no <laughs> yeah, the kids. Yeah. we're not getting paid to kids. say this if, if we like something we'll just say we like it but, bas- but basically it's the whole school is about 60 kids fifth from eighth fifth through eighth grade and you essentially stay with the same 12 to 15 kids in your class for the entirety of four years wow. um so if super close-knit community you know, they, we wear ties and shirts and we have after school programs and there's no janitors. So we have to clean the whole school. Wait, so seriously? There's no janitors. There's a lot. So the I whole, did not know yeah, the whole mission, not the whole mission of the school, but it's very, very structured and try to teach you self-discipline basically. Mm. So for example, we would get to school at seven o'clock in the morning. We would have to clean the school for, for half an hour. Then we start class and you're in, you're in class until... I don't know, like three thirty or three o'clock, and then from three o'clock you had your after school program, and you would go home and you go back to school at six thirty. From six thirty to eight thirty, you would have our study hall, and that's when we did our homework. And so by the time I was at boarding school, I was kind of already used to that sort of lifestyle, even though I was living at home. And then end up at Deerfield, and yeah, like you said, freshman year, completely out of my comfort zone. Oh, for sure completely out of my comfort zone uh yeah i think i was wearing these roast runs for probably eight months straight yeah i don't even think i washed my sheets for like the entirety of the first semester the first as gross as that sounds look look, it's in all we have to snitch on ourselves yeah like we were 14 years old we were discussing teenage boys like honestly the first time i did laundry it was thanksgiving I first had time ch- you did laundry bro i i packed a massive duffel bag and it was just like three months of clothes you had enough and clothes I to last it. until thanksgiving i went home with it and i was like no i didn't this is it's the gross part oh i did not no. have enough clothes <laughs> no. to last till thanksgiving but you know i kind of stretched it as it were yeah i was, it was very we were very like gross gremlin children no i was i mean i was I wasn't on that level. No, I mean, he was cleaner than me. But I was very much, so we had class dress. We had to wear a suit, basically a suit, like jacket, tie, pants, right. whatever. And after sports practice, I would basically put that same class dress back on for the rest of the day because I didn't want to have to change into a new outfit to do laundry. Okay, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> that's gross. Like, it's not just me. Yeah, sweaty body and everything. Put the, put the full jacket, shirt, tie combo on. Glasses, jacket, shirt. Uh, but we glowed up. Yeah. We glowed up. Us, we but yeah, so wait. So how did, we, how did we meet? I don't know. If... I honestly don't. Actually, okay. I think I do remember. Okay. It's a very compromising position. It's coming back to me now. All right. What is it? Okay. So I do remember a particular occasion where I was just in my room in the dark staring at my computer. As one does. Yeah, as one does. But you know, when you're 14, like that, it just looks kind of sus because this, you're you're like two of the three steps, in into like, if anyone just walked in, they were also a teenage boy. I feel like the the, the vocabulary of that situation would be, the dude's like, about to do some like nasty stuff all in his room, oh. which was not the case. <laughs> to be abundantly clear. Oh, I remember yeah, this. Yeah, see now, now you remember oh, this, right? Okay, continue, so I was kind of like. I'm in this. I'm in this teetering space. It's like the first week, you know, class ever really started. I had just kind of moved in. My family just left, and I'm just kind of like, all right, like, 
I'm kind of alone. I don't know, like, the real, the the procedure here. Yeah. You know, like, I could. You shouldn't. Oh, man. I'm 14, I was like, I'm good. So, you know, I wasn't I wasn't doing anything at that time. It's like, it's the Schrodinger's, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you know, uh-huh. like, it was, I'm teetering on the edge, you know observation sort of determines the state of my being at that time. And observation came because our, our friend RJ, who I met at the summer program, kicks my fucking door open. Yeah. He's like, yo, Shane, what's up, yo? <laughs> and behind him, he's the boy. Which, yep. includes, which includes Caleb. It was our first interaction. I was there. And they walked in. They were like, okay, like, RJ's going to introduce us to this dude he knows. Kick the door open. And they're like, all right. Visually... <laughs> I'm reading that this man's about to jerk himself off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is funny because I actually completely <laughs> forgot this story. So this is just refreshing. No, that's, so that's, many that's memories how we met. Yeah. I, I, I kind of had to like get myself together. I'm like, hey, guys. Like, I remember RJ slams the door open and you just turn around the big old deer, deer eyes and you're in the chair, pants belt yeah, i told you i told you down. it was a middle space pants probably at your knees not, like, not fully up but not fully but not fully like up I'm just sitting. at your knees yeah boxers on obviously i feel like you have to make that clear we have to make it very but clear, still man, very like, very sus right extremely sus it was a sus position i think it, i think we have to make it clear too that like busting into people's rooms was just like the norm here it's not right as much as crazy as that sounds, there's no privacy at this. No, school there was at all. a cat. Like it was it, the violation of, of consent was very casual. Which you know, saying it out loud, it, I mean, it was very bad. It was literally like don't a, do a school fi- like policy that you couldn't lock your door. Right, like you'd get in, in serious trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so all the time we were just walking into people's rooms. Yeah. No, no knock. No it was, knock. It wasn't at all. A, yeah. Jesus, what to say? No knock. One, not funny, but. <laughs> I mean, like, people really would just kind of, like, so shit up whenever. So, yeah, anyway, back to the story. <laughs> Shane turns around, pants at his knees. I, this is my first time meeting this kid. I'm just looking at him. I'm pretty sure we were all just like, yo! Yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Shane's like, nah, nah, nah. It's not like that. It's not like that. I don't even think I like, got my name out. what are you doing? And then we're just like, all right. I'm pretty sure you also like slammed your laptop closed too, Bro, it so it just bad. made it look even worse. It just I'm every I did every possible thing to make <laughs> it look more sus than it was because I like I promise you like look man, this is a safe space uh huh it's not that sus what I was doing at the time no it was just the position it looked like it was though. right and I instantly registered that it looked terrible so of course I made it look worse yeah by acting sus. So yeah, that's how I met Caleb, more or less. Like I, I don't know when it became like that. We were like, I don't even know what the, our first like one on one conversation was. No, I have, actually have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I'm trying to think like mm-hmm. so. That was the first time that we had met, right? But that wasn't. I had seen you before, because there's probably like, there's like three black kids at the school. So, yeah, no, there's you know this, that was every black kid in the school yeah. ran inside <laughs> my room that, that afternoon. <laughs> No, I think like when we were when we were freshmen, there were literally two, I think two or three black kids in the senior class. Yeah, there's a school of like almost seven hundred kids. I think there was there was um, I used to say there was uh, two of them. Yeah, yeah, because there was um, yeah, 
but there was those three. So yeah, so we came in and our we we had a lot more, relatively at least. Yeah, in our class. In our class. And it grew a little but bit. But it was very much understood that, you know, if you're usually if you're a person of color on campus, you kinda identify who else is around you. Very quickly. Extremely, extremely quickly. Yeah. So I remember I had seen Shane before because obviously that's that's number one reason why. But also mm-hmm. This man walked around with one of those old man... Oh, the Kangol caps, man. Yeah, <laughs> black old man hats. Bro, first of all, like, I, who was is this kid? <laughs> I was ahead of my time. Well, I was, I was ahead of my age, for sure. Uh-huh. But I was definitely ahead of my time. I had different varieties of this hat for every possible occasion, dude. I had, like, the I fall know. wear, the navy blue. I had the winter edition. I had earmuffs Bro. on the inside that folded down. Didn't have the Gucci. Listen, the, I, was, the Dior. I was still poor. Yeah. <laughs> so no, still poor. Uh, but you know, if if I could have, if I had the disposable income, and if my mom, you know, like was like I allowed me to look that ridiculous, then I absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it was twenty twenty one and I was fourteen again, no question, I'd get the Gucci. I respect that. Yeah. But do you do you remember what your first impression of me was? Yeah. Similarly, I just thought Caleb was sus as hell. <laughs> Actually, okay, no. My first impression of Caleb, it came before, because everyone like in this group, I would say for the most part, a very loud personality. So like RJ, and eventually we're going to get him in here. Yeah, we have to. So we have to, because RJ is just like, he's RJ. He's indescribable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a re- very interesting guy. Um, but you know, Courtney was in there, and Courtney is from from the city of CT. Which <laughs> by that we mean the state of Connecticut. Um, and he was just like, he was kind of like a cryptid at Deerfield. I, I, for lack of a better word, right? Because it was like people like reported like Courtney sightings and shit. He ended up having like a Facebook group themed around him, and it's like three hundred people deep called the Courtney appreciation club uh we're gonna redact his last name in post yeah uh yeah but like people were like obsessed with this guy and he was just really funny without really trying but otherwise he was just courtney like i don't know why he got that mythic status but he loud personality yeah and then who else was so it was yeah it was just rj courtney and it was you and kofi yeah yeah and like you and Kofi were like sort of like the slightly quieter ones, but like Caleb especially was just like a void of sound with that. Yeah, I didn't talk at all. He did not speak. He was functionally mute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I feel like I was trying to get a vibe on you for a while that whole conversation. I think the only thing I knew about you was that you never took your backpack off. And the big thing was like, oh, he's got like a girlfriend back home. <laughs> so everybody was yeah, like, that's true. That's funny that you remember that. <laughs> I told really specific memories yeah. just pop up. And that's all I really knew about you. I was just like, he's got a girlfriend. And he's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like no, I Caleb mean... was the Among Us imposter before. <laughs> like, no, like, seriously. That's like, a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I, I mean, I will say, like, I'm the type of person, and not not that this is a great thing, and it's something that, you know, I'm trying to get better with. Mm-hmm. But when I'm uncomfortable or I'm around people that I don't really know too well, I tend to be extremely quiet. That's real. Um, 
part of it is just me trying to feel out the situation and the other part is me just being anxious and i will say it took a very long time for me to actually feel comfortable at that school and so i just didn't speak <laughs> I, just, I just didn't talk i didn't really talk to i mean i i mean very quick it was like very quickly well not very quickly but eventually over the course of the first semester and whatnot i became much closer with you know said people and i was allowed myself to to open up a little bit more but even then i was still doing some weird shit like yeah carrying that backpack around everywhere everywhere. which he still owns i still own that backpack uh don't use it anymore because it's about to fall apart but great backpack it's lasted like a decade yes yeah At, at some point in the future you know when we're talking about these kind of things hopefully we'll have like a sponsorship here like Right. buy this ll bean backpack right exactly it's like you know ll bean pull up sponsor. Yeah. i'm trying to think what other brands that i use in high school or now see the sponsor still around yeah that are still around yeah i'll take a what's it called youtube who's sponsored? ray j sponsored mad people bro raycons ray j yeah have you heard of raycons ray now, j? okay this sounds like an like i hit it first ray j i hit it first brother of a brandy, brandy. Bro, yeah. Bro, what? Every, okay. <laughs> the whole tangent. Every freaking, like, YouTuber I watch is sponsored by Raycon. So he makes, like, well, AirPod ripoffs. Sorry, don't listen to this episode because, you know, we might get a sponsorship one day. But, like, <laughs> no, he makes, like, these AirPod ripoffs and every ad's, like, you know, for half the price of premium earbuds. And it, they just look like little pods. They come, like, red and blue and stuff. They do, do they look like earpods? Yeah, I mean, they look like... They oh, like they're like the dots. ones that like the dots. Like yeah, the they don't have like oh, the whole thing. I think I've seen those. You've probably seen them. Like they're apparently really popular. Why, Ray J owns that company? Yeah, they're Raycons, bro. Ray oh. J, Raycon. Yeah, I was like, wow, good for, that's, for Ray. Yeah, I hit it first, Ray J. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I hit it first, Ray J. Wow. I hit it first, Ray J. Good for him, man. You got to up. Got to love when, when, when people elevate themselves and, you know. From a low point. Don't stick to one box. Right. You know, you got you to go on and live your life. Use whatever platform they were given for whatever reason they may have been given okay, that well, platform. Did he, did he, okay, who gave Ray J his platform? Because arguably, <laughs> arguably, I feel like you could argue okay, what's that the argument? Ray J put Kim Kardashian in a position to blow. Well, that's a but bold. then also you kind of have to. I think it's a bold statement because that's a real bold statement. You'd, you'd have to you'd have to know, which I can't know because I wasn't in the room. I haven't even seen the tape. I haven't watched the tape. <laughs> I don't know whose idea it was <laughs> to release that into the world. That, okay, so because of that, I can't really say. Okay, well, who put who on clout wise? Because yeah. I mean, she was already like Paris Hilton's like best friend. Like she's already. Yeah. But the controversy, you know, successfully spiraled into the Kardashian empire. And now, you know, the Kardashians and their biracial spawn are, are well on track to dominate our pop culture for the rest of the time. Yeah. I mean, regardless of who put who on to who and who else and whatnot, I'll say both Ray J and Kim effectively use the platform. They That's very in. true. That's very true. To elevate themselves. Because that could have been a footnote. And now he's got his Raycon. 
Yeah, yeah, and and Kim got Kim. I mean, the Kardashian family is basically the royal family of the United States. That's you know, how we follow them. That's you know, that's a great. It's a great take. I I honestly say it's kind of like you can't argue against it. Like you couldn't convince me otherwise. The way that we follow their every move. I mean, also they just been on reality TV forever. So right. I, I, so at least for like Kendall and Kylie and all the new babies, like. Literally, their whole life has been on this is on screen. all they know. So I can imagine when they get when they get older, people are gonna still be talking about them the way people kind of talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and all them. Yeah, I I don't think they could successfully. I don't know if they even have the desire to leave the family in the way that like Meghan and Harry did. Yeah, it's not like two hundred years of, you know, racism. No, it's kind of like twelve. Yeah, and it's also, it's like, instead of your parents being a racist king and queen, it's right. Travis Scott. Right. And Kanye You West. know what I mean? Like, yeah. the Kardashians get a lot of shit. Like, they did and not. Tristan Thompson. They did not destabilize Africa. Yeah. Like, we, as the royal family, the Kardashians were just kind of, like, living their lives. getting. They, they didn't destabilize Africa, but have you heard of the Kardashian curse? Okay, they destabilized some NBA careers. They destabilized. They, <laughs> they may not have destabilized Africa, but they definitely destabilized some African-Americans they, they out here. <laughs> yes. Again, I can't argue against you. So, again, the parallels of the royal family continue, you know? Yeah. I don't even know how we got to this point. Because we were talking about Raycons. How we, we talk about sponsorships. Yeah, but how do we start talking about the Raycons? Because I was talking stuff we wanted. Ella Bean, ba- your backpack. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, See, yeah. Look how we retrace the tangent. See, back, back to, back to school. <laughs> back to school. But yeah, I mean, just overall, how did you feel about? How do you looking back on it? How do you feel about going to boarding school? Dude, it's weird, man. I, we talked about this like last a couple weeks ago, but like. The Zoe 101 question. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, and like even before you were like, you know, I tell people I went to boarding school, they're like, shit, what'd you do? Yeah. Because like I grew up watching Malcolm in the Middle. I know there's that whole like recurring storyline where his older brother got sent to military school. Exactly. And it was just kind of like torture. So you always think of it as kind of like this evil thing. It's either like boarding school is like really, really like the worst possible place ever, or it's like, you're a wizard Harry, like it's gotta be like some magical stuff. Yeah. And you got Zoe one oh one in the middle, which like definitely leans more towards like just kind of the fantasy of boarding school, where it's just like, you know, you get to live in a place with like all these your friends and there basically are no rules. Yeah. You know, like kind of just get to live your life and be free and go on adventures, but it's not really what it's not the case at all it's not the case it was just kind of like a bunch of classism yeah i don't know it's weird like i think the clash of it was that i feel like some people i guess i can only speak as like a black guy going there it's a black person like you watch the way that like schools like that treat like black women especially but like Mm -hmm. black and brown students like all this stuff like I, it it weirds me out that there are like people of color who go to these schools and then don't come out radicalized in like some way. Yeah. At least to like how fucked up America is and or like how capitalism just creates like these like really monstrous well, conditions. I will say not not to cut you off. Yeah. But I will say 
I can very much see how a person of color would come out of that school very much leaning into this is true those ideologies and that kind of lifestyle because you're you come in as a 14 year old kid super impressionable and if you, this is what you're taught is the right way to live the right way to think the right way to act you can you can like you said completely go against that or you can very much lean into it yeah and and try to fit in yeah because no i mean no one wants to i feel like no one wants to be an outcast no, i feel like it's not a bold statement to I mean, me i mean it's i can't I definitely not us at the time like we had like a literal bullet point plan <laughs> one year called the climb okay I don't, I don't know if i've ever mentioned this to you before but sometimes i'm like dude i could totally write for like tv sometimes i'm like i should pitch like that yeah it's like we like it's not a bad idea like four like four like boarding school kids decide that like junior year is going to be their year and we basically were like here's our multi-step plan to become like popular and that was one weird thing about boarding school like i think growing up you'd watch tv like all the popularity contests like who's cool in high school and like the reality of like at least from what i've seen talking to other people of like growing up as a part of gen z is that like no one cares about that yeah like it's spoiler alert the the plan didn't work no obviously the plan didn't work we're really some nerds out here yeah we're just a bunch of geeks like living our lives i mean we glowed up oh i mean like we look at us now you know yeah look at you know you know know, we out here we out here we out here you know see you with the the shame comments no but it, it, it very much is also the other thing too is when you're in that environment you're very much caught up in that bubble right whereas everything you know that seems as if it's the most important thing in the moment right you want to be seen you want to be heard you want to be you want to to walk into a space and feel comfortable right you want to walk into a space and feel as if you can talk to the people there right because I know many times where in many classrooms and, and sit down meals where I just, like I said, I didn't speak. No. Nope. I, I straight up why. did not speak because I just never felt comfortable. And what's crazy is you could probably go into some of those spaces and like not speak. And no one's ever going to be like, yo, Caleb, like, what do you think? Sincerely. Yeah. You could go a whole meal and probably be like, if I didn't say anything, no one would notice. Because there's, there's one sit down meal I went to. We'll name names here. But like, so we can ble- we can bleep them out. We can we'll bleep we'll them bleep out. them out. So I'll say it for the sake of flow. But I, I should probably explain what a sit down meal is. <clears throat> so it's like three. Was it like three times a week mm. for dinner? Twice like Sunday. Twice Tuesday and Thursday. Oh yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays, and like lunches too. Like it was like a formal sit down meal. So like they basically assign like every month or so you would rotate to like a different table staffed by a faculty member. And it's like, you and a other random group of students and like one person would be assigned to be like the first waiter. So you have to show up early, set the table, get the dishes so everyone can eat. Then it'll be another waiter who would like clean it up at the end. But it's like, you're eating with table manners. Like it's a whole thing. Oh, <clears throat> that tickle in my throat. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> it's like not leaving, but also I feel like my voice sounds good. <laughs> So, <clears throat> you good, bro? Wait, you need some water? I probably do, but let me. Fin- I, I'm good. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm yeah, let, I, you finish. let me finish. Thank you. Appreciate you. So, see, Kanye, bro. I feel like we're like 
this is a Kardashian podcast. <laughs> like, on the low. <laughs> Real sneaky, like. But yeah, basically, you just have to do, like, meals like that or whatever. But you're, you're captive at the same group of people talking for, like, weeks at a time. Yeah. And, like, sometimes these people, like, really suck. Like, more often than not. Like, they're just trash. So this one girl, I remember, like, a conversation about affirmative action started. And she's basically like, God, like, I hate that, like, all these schools are like this, including Deerfield, where it's like, you know, all these kids who, like, don't deserve to be here are, like, here. Mm. And I'm sitting, like, right next to her. Yeah. And it's like, what do you say? Like, I'm 14, right? Like, yeah. If I'm 23 years old, I'd probably be like, okay, like, I'm going to fuck you up now, verbally, of course, you know. <laughs> Don't want to catch a case, especially someone who can literally buy me. Oh, but, all right. Like, no, I'm <laughs> not no, 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 sell price, but you know what I mean? Like, these are wealthy people. But, like, it's just like, what do you. How much do you think you cost? Oh, honestly? Yeah. Okay, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to make, like, a list. Like, okay, listen. Everyone has a line that they want to cross. I firmly believe that. Uh-huh. When people say they don't have a price, I'm like, mm. Yeah. Like, trust me. Like, I'm very... My whole thing, I hate the objectification of human beings. But... Okay. Money changes things. Yeah. For people. Yeah. There's a material means of making things happen. Is that a good thing? I'd say no. But... I had a price. But it is the reality. It, it is the reality. So yeah. if I had a price, it would have to be a price that would secure what I find to be my goals as a human being okay. before I depart this earth. So it would be securing a good future for my loved ones or potential loved ones that I would create my children. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know. That's a cute answer. A cute it's, answer. it's a cute answer, right? So, like... Now I feel like I'm about to lowball it. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say 30 mil. 30 mil? Come on, 30 man. 30 mil. You can make that. You can make that yourself. You don't got to sell you. Where am I going to make $30 million from? Come on. You, you can make 30 mil. All right. I'm just going to get some all that. I'll, theory I'll put it on sitting you. on all yeah. the pandemic. Psych. Like, okay, so how much are you selling for? I need. There's got to be a B on there. There's got to be a B on there. Thousand. At least a B. At least one B. At least one B? At least one B. What would two Min- B's even be? Minimum. Big billion? That's two B's? <laughs> big ballin'. What's more than big ballin'? To <laughs> <laughs> join the ball family? I do that for 600,000. 600, what? To get adopted Sell by yourself? To the ball family specifically. Oh, get adopted by? Yeah. All right, we're too off topic. Right? Okay, no, okay. Go, go ahead. But go the ahead. price, uh, just t- tell me your price and then. I, so, I, I tell you, my, that's the floor a $1 billion. Floor. $1 billion the floor? Yes, bro. Honestly, you know what? I respect that. That's you the know? floor. I mean, if we, the human soul is priceless yes. in a way. So if we had to put a price on it, we should probably do like a, a fuck huge number. Yeah. A billion. You got to know your worth. Damn, because now I'm thought I said like 30 mil. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> that kind of ain't you, shit. You, you either don't know your worth or you're worth a little. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, it. I'm not going to say it, but come on, man. Uh, 30 bill. Okay. I stuttered on the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I meant B. All right. 
Where were you again? Bro, I ended the thought. That yeah. was the thing. Like, that was a perfect tangent because I was like, yeah, like, shit was racist. Yeah. Yeah. I. But, just... the, but the thing is, it wasn't, at least I never had any blatant instances uh, of racism. Not that they don't exist because they very much do. Yeah. I would say it was more rare, but it is the little, not not even little, but it is the microaggressions like that that popped up very often and personally i just wasn't even educated enough to really recognize them i didn't know what a microaggression was for sure i was like 17 and even if i did once again i just didn't i i lacked the confidence to really stand up for myself in those moments um and and yeah, I mean, if I could, obviously I'm I'm looking back at that now, almost ten years later, and if I, I can easily say if I could go back and change some things, I definitely would. Um, but I can't, and I I learned a ton from it. Yeah. And I don't know. I I just hope all the kids that are in those situations today have at least a little more people that they can go Please, to. Please, dear God, to, we had one black teacher. Yeah. Our at least when we started. Yeah. He was great. I saw I saw an interesting tweet the other day that was it just asked when was the first time you had uh, a black teacher uh, or not a black teacher a black male teacher. That's a huge one because because there's, there's a big difference, unfortunately. A, a big difference, and you know not to harp on the job. <laughs> yeah, but you know I am a teacher. I'll actually get specific. I teach eighth grade, and like I'm like the only black male teacher not the only one of very few mm-hmm. that's i mean that's all i'll say about it so like speaking to like my experience not as an employee but as a student like i didn't have many growing up i think i had one in eighth grade i had my first i had to think about it for a long time and i've had one black male teacher my and all the way through college and it came in my junior year in college that's actually insane yeah dude actually now that i think about it college i get i'll count him as one i had two two all the college i i caught i where'd you go to school williams college nice man good job (laughs) oh where'd you go to college Tell everyone here what, where you went to college. Nah, I don't want to. Nah, nah, nah. You're good. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's uh, select the CV. No, I went. I went to Columbia. Hmm? Also in New York, so we still out here. Yeah, we are. He's he's back again. I I was in the middle of nowhere, but I I loved it. I did love my college experience. Mm-hmm. RIP senior year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Class of 2020. Class of COVID. Yeah, class of COVID, baby. Should we should we move on to? Oh yeah, this one. I'm actually kind of scared of this. The topic. You the topic. Let's do it. So, rap Mount Rushmore. Rap Mount Rushmore. So there's been a a trend I've been seeing recently Mm -hmm. where you know they put up a picture of Mount Rushmore and it's like who was on your mountain. Uh, The most famous celebrity interaction I've seen with it is somebody posted one and it was Drake. Jermaine, Cole. Jermaine, Cole. Cole, yeah. And uh, 
Okay. The real is back. The villain is back. Flo <laughs> <laughs> Bananas here. <laughs> yeah, it is Jermaine. Jermaine. Cole. Cole. <laughs> Jermaine Cole and Kendrick Lamar on the mountain in the fourth spot was unoccupied. And so somebody posted that. And I think it was LeBron was like, <laughs> LeBron like reposted and was like, yo, like, gotta be like future. Mm-hmm. And then Nicki Minaj like, why I said that. And I was like, wow, I never thought I'd get the the opportunity to uh, alley-oop with the king himself. Mm. But you know it's Queen Nicki Minaj, baby. Let me help with the shot there. Mm. <laughs> so that was the the presumptive one. So I was thinking we talk about like that one. Like if we just took those three as a given, yeah. we'll be the fourth. And, and this then... this is for the 2010s, by the way. Right. Oh, this is yeah, yeah we gotta be specific. specific. Yeah. yeah. 2010s, 2010s. So I mean, who, who's the fourth spot? If we took those three as the given, Arch, can we can we talk about some candidates first before I give my answer? For sure, let's get a list going. All right, so just some people off the top of my head when when kind of thinking of this was you know, definitely Nicki Minaj for sure. Uh, yeah, I future is up there. Okay, I I used to. We'll we'll come back to it. We're not debating it. So All right, yeah, keep going. Kanye is up there, and I feel like I have to provide a little more context on this one, okay. which I will. Then there are some wild cards oh boy. that may have come either in the latter half of the decade or really showed out in the first half so of the like decade. Some, some dark horses or some... Yeah, because I mean, there are people out there who had a ton of momentum, was on hit after hit, like Big Sean, for example very early on interesting in his career and the same he was kind of in the same realm as the drake j cole kendrick area they, they're probably like neck and neck but he kind of just fell off towards the latter half i mean when did he fall off that's so many stuff we're gonna be like i can tell you exactly when big sean <laughs> fell off but like like what year because i'm trying to think it was definitely in between i don't fuck with you and whatever album he dropped after that yeah and it's like it's not even necessarily that the quality of his music fell off. It's just that he wasn't his impact wasn't there anymore on the culture. That's fair. Big Sean just dropped an album, I feel like a few months ago. When was that? Over the summer? And I haven't heard anyone talk about Could that. Could have been album. two years ago. I don't even know I don't even remember the name of it to be honest. I think it was Detroit too. Oh yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. we got Detroit yeah. one. Yeah. We already got a Detroit man. <laughs> so there's that. Then there's people that kind of came in slowly and exploded, like Travis Scott. There's mm. a people that had some crazy peaks and are still going, like towards the latter half, like Cardi B. Yeah. Um Yeah. She's been having a like back half of the 20 like really the back back half yeah of the 2010s. she had a great time exactly yeah i think 2016 like i think 2016 bodak or 2015 bodak yellow came out around that time and ever since then she's just been going crazy mm-hmm. um i don't know am i missing anyone i have someone in my head but i feel like it's almost like the trump card go ahead all right so like I, and mind you i think my list will look pretty similar uh-huh uh, I think, you know, shout, in terms of those who unfortunately have departed the mortal coil, uh, who were like, had like a banner 2010, 
2010s rather. Mm-hmm. I think we got to put Mac Miller in the running. Okay. For for on the mountain. I respect that because I I just think that like and it's it's just one of those sad things where like you know obviously you lose someone and you like start to really appreciate like yeah what they were doing and like dude like the guy's brilliant like no I love Mac I like in Mac I think Mac would be like my dark horse I, he would not be the first name I would have said but I I think he does he deserves it. I have a dark horse. Actually, before I say my dark horse, I feel like I have to say one more name okay. that doesn't get the respect that he deserves, honestly, and that's Tyler, the creator. Well, because, I mean, from the beginning of 2010s, the whole the whole Odd Future movement was, it was a movement. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was very much a cultural movement. Right. Had every angsty middle schooler all across the country going screaming, Wolfgang. Yeah. Um, they had their own TV show, bro. First of all, Loiter Squad is the best sketch comedy yep. since Chappelle show. <laughs> Scores a hot take, but it's true. And then he just finished the decade winning best rap album Grammy of the year. So yeah, I mean, not two of his best. It's very very few people who have had a better decade than Tyler Creator. He's also evolved tremendously. Yeah, but easily like you know, not not most improved, but there was a most growth award. Easy, Tyler. All right. Do you want? Do you want to hear my dark horse though? Yeah. Well, scoot on, scoot on the camera a little more. Hey, let me, let me get in here. Yeah, yeah. All right. My dark horse is person who doesn't get as much respect as they deserve, and I feel like I have to personally apologize to this person because you know I was very much involved in that disrespect. Who is this? Very early. On. Who is this? <laughs> and his name is Meek Mill. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes, bro. Meek was the only one not on the mountain for me. Bro, Meek, Meek is up there, bro. Meek has to be up there. Nah, he's, he's down there in the pool with and, flies on his thighs, bro. Well, this, uh, <laughs> Meek does wild out sometimes on social media. I can't defend him there. Okay. And that's exactly why I feel like he's not highly re- as highly regarded in the culture as I feel as he should be. Okay. If the Drake beef never happened... Summer sixteen and and I probably trigger fingers turning into Twitter fingers never happened. I mean, Quentin went in yeah. that summer. <laughs> Quentin went in that summer. That's just the truth. If his world tour never turned to his girls' tour, come on, bro. I tell you, I had every single word memorized. Yeah. I wish I like senior year of high school. Like that was my shit. I don't even like. No, it was my jam. See, I mean, like literally, like who gets like. If somebody if like if I dissed you like if I disrespected you uh-huh. and then like I'm at the Grammys with that shit, yeah. I mean when when a diss track turns into a, an actual anthem, like a hit, like a real real hit, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah, and I guess I respect that. Like, well, for like a number of reasons, I feel like people respect or his the respect for Meek Mill culturally went up a little bit. Well, a lot, a lot. Because I mean that was going on right before. His whole thing with like being in jail and everything. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I mean, like real shit. Like props to him. Like yeah, prison industrial complex is some bullshit. He shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Facts. Yeah. So like, you know, I I feel like you know I was speaking about for him, but then you know he got out and I was like, oh, good for Meek Mill for about like six months, and then the prize picture showed up. And I was <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> bro. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Glad you're out, bro. But some change. Uh, plus, also, Dreams and Nightmares is just a, is a classic. Oh, iconic. I mean, if, if we're going to 
Because I think Dreams and Nightmares alone is enough for a nomination. Yeah. But I feel like if we have to look at the number of pure classics, then I think Kindness on the Mountain. Well, yeah, that's see, I was having this discussion um at some point earlier this week mm-hmm. and I I hadn't even considered Kanye because I just I when I immediately think of Kanye, I very I go to his very early albums. Yeah. Um which all came in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um and then some you know, my friend pointed out to me my beautiful dark twisted fantasy twenty ten. Jesus. 2013. The Life of Pablo. 2016. Yay. 2019. Even, uh, what is it? Uh, what, what's the Jesus album called? Oh, uh, Jesus is King? Yeah, I was about to say Jesus is the one. Not a kind <laughs> Yeah, Jesus is King. Those, I think that was the same year. That's what I... And, like, those... That span of albums... Come on, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to match up with that. It's hard to match, and I don't even like like the last two of them. Yeah, but it's kind of. I mean, got at least two classics in there. He's got at least in like Life of Pablo and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Right, those are both like pretty excellent. Yeah, even like the Life of Pablo, which went through like the weirdest album release of all time. Like he was editing songs on the album when it was already out. Bro, I'm still like. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still mad about like he never fixed wolves. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Timberwolves had a great season or whatever. I think after yeah Pablo, so he fixed them. But you know, I I don't really like when he he changed Ultralight Beam. You would think like adding a word to it. Wait, which part of the song did he? Change? Oh, remember he changed it. Okay, we can't play it here, obviously. But it's like it's like before they don't know they don't know oh yeah he had like yeah, chance yeah, yeah, he had like yeah, yeah. another line by chance and it kills it for I, I remember that i do remember that yeah right and the change version is like obviously like been around longer than the, the og yeah but i just don't like it no that's fair that's yeah. fair but this is like you know he's a perfectionist so i feel like in the 2010s he basically was releasing the albums that he most had his hands in yeah so i don't know like he just really like, I don't know if there's any music outside of maybe, like, 2014, Forest Hills Drive that came out in the 2010s, where you just know that, like, yo, like, this, like, they put their fucking soul Jermaine. into this. Cole. Cole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love that man. Yeah. I love that man. So funny. Man. But, so, are there any more candidates we need to throw on the board before we, before before we, we decide actually make some decisions? The 2010s, I'm really trying to think of there any like dark horse candidates. And Cardi B had like an amazing, like, it, I think it's just unfortunate. I don't feel like, like, female rappers get enough. That's true. Yeah. Like, there are way more women like rapping now who deserve clout and are probably better bar for bar who just don't get. I mean, that's, that's, exposure. so I'm going to say, my, I'm going to reveal my choice and it's Nicki Minaj. Okay. And, she, I mean, musically, very few people can match up to to what she's done. No. Um, I mean, she has amazing albums, classic hits. Yeah. The numbers that she's done as a black woman. Um, Basically undoubtedly. In rap, pop space, pretty much unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And she's maintained that success for an entire decade which is also extremely difficult to do yeah um 
as a woman where you're often judged by your appearance, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's like so much is like, I feel like a lot of like surface level critique of like Nikki's work is like, oh, like, you know, she's put like her body out there or whatever, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it's just like, I mean, like she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Like, yeah, she can do whatever yeah. she wants, and she's gonna out rap all you Everyone. dudes. That's what I'm saying. She's like, gonna rap, she's gonna out rap every single one of you guys. Cause I mean, I, she'd probably be like my pick. Like when I saw like the whole like LeBron thing where she's like, oh, I'm gonna alley oop you right here. I was like, She's right. Yeah. Even like given the setup of the mountain as they had it, like I feel like there's kind of always kind of like these natural pairings of rappers. So we probably call like Jay Cole a contemporary of Kendrick Lamar. And yeah. Like they kind of work in the same space together. And you know, if you're gonna have Drake, like if K Dot is to J. Cole as Drake is to like it's Nicki Minaj, bro. Like, yeah. It's it's really not a question. They came up at the same time. The young money, they both dominated the decade like throughout. Like And then not not only did she have all of that success on her own, but it's you're not gonna find a lot of people who have had more influence on the music industry than Nicki Minaj. No. Because I mean you already spoke not about it. With the Cardi B's of the world, Meg the Stallion, Sweetie, you know, all these women rappers mm. who are really dominating the charts. Nicki Minaj paved the way for them. Yeah. All these niggas are her sons. Yeah, that's facts. And in her words. <laughs> that is facts. Big facts, bro. We want to have uh, any... So who do you, So who are you picking? No, honestly, okay. Like, I'd say... I'd say Nicki... I'm you gotta, say you gotta pick someone different okay. for the I, sake. If I, have, if I have to pick someone different from you... Yeah. Like, you know, I just want to give her her flowers. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Clear. But, because... Also, one last thing I'll say about Nicki Minaj is that as much love I was, as I was just giving Kanye, like, her verse is easily, like, off Monster is probably, like, the best bit of music that he made in the 2010s. Yeah. Or that he was even tangentially involved in, because she stole that shit. When so, people talk about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, they're usually instantly referring to Nicki Minaj's verse right. on Monster. Even if they don't realize that that's what they're doing. Like, I, I feel like he went to the studio and made that song and then everything just kind of like they banged out of that studio session. Yeah. I can't verify that, but it just feels like it's true. Okay, if I had to pick somebody, it's probably gonna be Mac Miller. Really? I okay. Really? So we, again, dark horse. Dark horse, right? But I just feel like White and, White Horse. <laughs> white horse, baby. <laughs> All right, keep sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Yes. Yeah. My, my white horse pick is Mac Miller on the rap hall of fame, and he's on the um, he's on the Mount Rushmore for the 2010s because the dude just kept going. Like, first of all, like the ridiculous amount of music that he made. Yeah. Is like. I don't, it's just kind of awe-inspiring. I keep finding, like, new shit that he did. Yeah. And, like, the kind of artists he was collaborating with. Like, I found out he did a song with Sid. Sid the Kid from the internet. Just, like, my favorite band. Like, I don't know. He was just, like, doing, a, like, a lot of, like, really creative things. And I think of all those artists in the 2010s, I feel like, obviously, it's hard to tell if somebody's peaked before you, you've seen their back. Yeah. So, like, well, okay. I think Drake is peaked. That's 
That's I'm fair. just gonna. I mean, we'll we'll see we'll there. see what happens with Certified Lover Boy. I mean, dude, like tore his ACL and then was like, "Yeah, I'm not dropping the album." Like, <laughs> it's not your basketball season, bro. Like, it's also no disrespect at all to say Drake peaked when his peak no. is higher than anyone, than anyone will ever feasibly climb. Yeah, you know, commercially, and I mean, artistically, he did some great stuff. I mean, Quentin has been writing some oh, fire okay. okay. I will not have Drake slander on this podcast. <laughs> I'll have zero Drake slander. This is a Drake slander. I'm saying he's. I'll listen, have zero Drake. Art slander. is collaborative. I'll, this is this is so. This is the part of that conversation that I will never ever understand. This is that so, like Drake was introduced to YMCMB, Lil Wayne, all those people as a songwriter. Right. He is known for just being incredible, writing, song. writing songs, writing right. hooks. He can choruses, whatever verses, he can do it all to the degree that, I mean, no one else can. Rapping, rapping is different than songwriting. It's real hard. Drake can write a song. Yeah. I Why does he need Quentin Miller? Bro, the question isn't, does he need Quentin Miller, bro? I think, think about it. Like, he doesn't. So that's why you have him around. Well, not anymore, clearly. Somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Quentin is just the pseudonym I'm going to give to whoever is doing the bars these days. Look, I'm just saying, Dr. Dre doesn't write his own shit. Dr. Dre is an amazing producer. That's what he does. Okay. Dr. Dre has produced some fire. All right. We were talking about Mac Miller. What's what's up with Mac Miller? You're sure right. Let me get back to my white horse. Yeah. Because (laughs) Mac Miller is just really, was just a really inventive, dynamic, like interesting artist. Like I just, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like his albums are, like, kind of little time capsules in a way that I really like my albums to be. And I feel like, as, like, a compliment to somebody like Drake, who, like, obviously, the commercial king of the charts, even, like, Kendrick and J. Cole, like, they're also, like, they sell albums. Yeah. You know? Like, there's the argument that, like, oh, you know, it's, like, conscious rap. As much as something like conscious rap can exist when they're all multimillionaires. But, like, you know, like they 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 make money off this. Like, obviously, no offense to anyone off Top Dog Entertainment because I love everyone on that label. But like, that's Kendrick's company essentially. Yeah. Like, I I think I think there's a, there's an interesting conversation to be had about artists being ridicu- ridiculed for making popular music even though that type of music was not popular until they started making that music. And I mean, you really laid it out there. It keeps happening and it's weird. Like for example, I mean, I mean, Drake's um, basically Drake's biggest, biggest criticism at this point. I don't keep talking about Drake. I can make another example. <laughs> no, no, but I continue the Drake one. Cause uh, I, I want to see where you're going. No. Cause Drake's biggest criticism at this point is that he makes popular music. Like, He's not, he's not innovating anymore. He's kind of just fell into his own lane and, and he's just doing what he knows is going to sell. People forget that before Drake became big, nobody was doing what he was doing, at least in, at least in rap. I remember, okay. So to, to give a specific story, I remember listening to best I ever had probably one of the first times I ever heard that song. And I don't know, I don't remember who I was listening to. Someone in my family. Obviously, this was a while ago. And there were a few people there. 
And someone's like, oh, this Drake kid is like, he's, he's dope. Like he can rap, he can sing, he's doing this, he's doing that all in the same song. Like, that's crazy. Another person in the same room was like, wait, this is the same person. I thought this was a band. I thought this was a band making this song, like a boy group, basically, because there's no way that somebody's doing all that someone's things. doing all this on the same song by themselves. Mm. I mean, and nowadays we have people doing everything. New yeah, everybody, at, it's like everybody does everything. Man. Yeah. I mean, you look at like Young Thug, for example, like he's he can do whatever. He yeah. Can. Um, and it's and it's a hit. But. That's that he made that kind of sound popular. And now he's getting ridiculed for staying almost within that sound. I think, well, you know, I, I think that the critique is like real. I think my critique of Drake is like distinct from it. And I think it has less to do with, because I think there's a there's a, an argument that like he's not really like innovating. I'd argue that like he definitely is. I think Drake's doing new stuff. Yeah. I think, I think what my issue with Drake these days is kind of, is that my issue with music on the whole is that it's gotten a little too like maximum for its own good, right? Mm-hmm. So like when we were talking about Kanye earlier, like his whole thing is that he's like whatever he's doing, like he is going in. Like it's just gonna be like the most produced, like livest thing ever made. You know, he's gonna praise Jesus with every fiber of his being and every like inch of logic, bro. Like he's yeah. going in. But like I feel like because like streaming, you have to like listen to an album longer to make money from it because you're making like less per play than you would if somebody just bought the album. Like Drake is kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to make longer music. And I'm not faulting him for that. That's fair. That's that's Yeah, because I mean, like the worst album I've heard in the last five years is easily Culture 2 by Migos. It's horrible. It's a horrible album. It is straight garbage. And I say this as like a casual Migos fan. I'm sure there are more intense Migos fans. Like, this is a good album. But ask them when's the last time they listened to Culture 2. They sat down and did it. No, because it's longer than the fucking Irishman. Like, it's just like, it's a long ass album. So like, I don't like when Scorpion came out, I'm like, dude, why is this so long? Yeah. Like, there are so many songs here and it's just like, I'm sorry, I don't want to hear all the Lucys, bro. Like, I like sometimes when an artist would just drop something on SoundCloud, and that's where it lives. I give you that. It I'll does, give you it's that. not going to be on an album. And I feel like Drake's kind of like, well, people want everything. I want everything. Like, here is like a 30 song album that's three hours long. And it's just like, here's some random song where I'm singing about it's your birthday. Here's some shit about my mom. Like, oh, damn, they yeah. found out about my son. Like, I think it's tough because it's like there's two extremes, right? Where you have people doing that and putting out songs and albums. I mean, I don't know if you listen to Griselda at all, mm-hmm. but they literally put out an album like every other month, like a full. That's, that's absurd. Full album. That's like Viper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <of> album production. <laughs> yeah, Viper. <laughs> um, so you have people on that end, and then you have like. The Kendrick Lamars and the Frank Oceans and it's way too long. The Isaiah Rashads of the world, where it's just like, what are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? What are you really doing? You know, the game said that the that Kendrick album is gonna drop real soon. In his words, it's been real soon for since my freshman year of college. I won't be waiting for it. I'll tell you that. Whoa! 
No, because I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die waiting for it. That's why I'm not gonna be waiting for it. Like, not that I don't want new Kendrick. It's just that I'm not gonna hold myself up waiting for it. Like, I don't expect it to be coming anytime soon. That's real. That's real. Yeah, I. It is like the two extremes. Like, I mean, there's some cases where like I've just grown to accept that there might be like, oh, I might just never hear music from you again. Yeah. You mentioned Frank Ocean. I don't actually expect to get like substantial new music from him in this decade and also i mean like you know what sound in this, this decade the decade no, just started but he's, he's gone like i think one thing is that like <laughs> so like tragedy you know notice like i think it was like last year like his brother died in a car accident oh yeah that is true and like i think it was kind of like a moment where i had to step back because like i was that dude who like i watched the live stream of endless like the visual album he dropped, yeah. Like live, I saw him build that staircase to nowhere. Like I downloaded the bootleg. I was no like freshman year at my school. Like I downloaded Blonde and then like gave it away. To you people. still had that when we were at, when we were in high school. You already had that. Yeah. No, yeah. I was, like I was like on. I was a big Frank Ocean. Like I'd say the first time I really listened to music, like it was Channel Orange. Like his music was really important to me. Yeah. But like. I think I'd take a moment and step back where I was like, wow, damn, like real life shit happens to, like, these are human beings who happen to make something I like, but they don't really owe it to me to keep making stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like I had to kind of step back and be like, there's some artists who I might not like hear music from. And like, that's fine. Cause you're creative. Like it's not always going to be a constant flow. You can't just be the Migos and be like, well, like you know offset's gonna carry this album no matter what happens so, yeah like yeah we can make 60 songs i mean rihanna owes us an album she's Bro, the only where exception. is rihanna she's the only exception. i mean we know where she's at like i i 100 support <laughs> what she's doing she actually this week she was um the second artist all time to be featured on um the big four for vogue magazines so does she count as an artist second second only to yeah rihanna's an artist She's not only an artist, but she's an artist. Yeah, she makes art. But second, the first was Madonna, and the the second is is, is Rihanna. Rihanna. Okay, that's pretty good. Good for her. She's doing great. I mean, Rihanna is like the definition of like good for her. Yeah. (laughs) She's giving it up. I love that for her. I love that for her. You know, she she got ASAP Rocky sprung now. Yeah, I love that for her. I'm like, yo, like one of these rap niggas are really going to lose, like officially lose their mind. And Rihanna is just going to be like, like you weren't even talking <laughs> like you, you don't know like i remember when uh was it 2016 drake was like crying at the grammys yeah when you try to like give her a kiss and she turned her face or something like Bro. that <sighs> that's tough like at the that's time tough. you could be like oh like you know you know classic oh drake soft nah dude i think she just has that effect on people <laughs> like good for her but i honestly think i would not want to meet rihanna in person i would be you would you would fall in love? No, I would fall in love. Love at I'm, first sight? No, I'm 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 happily I'm very happy in, in a loving relationship <laughs> with my girlfriend. No. I'm just saying that I would just feel really like intimidated. Like I'd be like, damn. Like she just has power over people. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. She's kinda like the logical follow through of like if a love potion existed, it would be like the worst thing ever. Like that's Rihanna. Rihanna's she's, the love she's potion? like a she's a love potion, bro. 
because like people who get thrown over Rihanna, like what happened to that billionaire dude she was dating? Yeah. I I don't know. I only heard about him when they were together, and now I assume he's like Batman or something. Like tragedy <laughs> befell him. Like I'm I mean, not the same. Yeah, I mean Drake went and hit his kid after that. We don't gotta keep talking about Drake. We don't gotta keep talking about Drake. Let's talk about Michael B. Jordan. You think he and Lori Harvey are actually together? No. No. That's a fake relationship. That is a fake relationship. It, it's a it's a it's all a popularity stunt, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I will. I actually want to say that I highly respect Lori Harvey though, because she's out here living her best life, treating men the way that men have been treating women for so long. Absolutely. And so, you know what? Do you, Lori Harvey. Yeah. Also, definition of good for her. Yeah. Good for her. I love that for her. I love that for her. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Bro, like, good for you. Good for you. I don't know. I, I, just, I, feel, like, I feel like guys are really intimate. And not to make this, like, a very, like, binary type situation. But straight men have have felt have seemed to be like almost insulted by Lori Harvey's behavior somehow and it's crazy because it's like wait fellas fellas what what's the problem she's just living her life bro she let her live she doesn't say a word let her live I literally don't know what she sounds like me neither dude I and I at this point like it's a joke like oh she doesn't speak I swear I've seen a clip of her speak I don't remember it I haven't (laughs) there you go I could have made that up yeah She's vibing, man. Like, good. Like, I don't know. She's just like dating, being young. Should we should we talk about another boss woman? Yeah, another boss black woman, Naomi. Gang, gang. Can you let, can you let us know what what's going on? Yeah, it's a whole situation with Naomi Osaka, and this is the problem when you you know write down a topic you want to talk about, and then you're like, wow, that, you know, I did research. <laughs> But did I do enough in the moment? But, you know, we don't hit pause on the recordings. Um, yeah, so she is, as I'm sure you well know, like, bomb-ass tennis player, mm-hmm. killing the game, you know. Wiping, looks like she, she's wiping up uh, Corday. Yeah, facts. You know, good for her, good for her. Good for him. Yeah. She, she's lit. Um but yeah you know, he's, he's definitely the one coming up in no, that relationship. for sure for sure he's coming up i'm surprised he's gone that long I'm like yo same haircut bro yeah. <laughs> jay's at wimbledon <laughs> okay but speaking of she basically i forget the name it was like the french open yep tournament yeah for tennis that she announced that she wasn't going to be taking any interviews um for the sake of her mental health um they basically did so much pushback against that that she was like, well, I don't want to be a distraction at the event. You know, this whole thing is just becoming way bigger than it ever had to be. Yeah. And she stepped out and is not. I believe specifically they actually find her yeah. and, and threatened to disqualify her from the tournament Yep. before she uh, eventually decided to, to, to step down just not on her own. Yeah. What's weird about tennis and obviously, okay, so you've probably been able to tell this listening to me. I don't know too much about sports. 
that all of my friends <laughs> do to some degree, but like the group chat's blowing up like, yo, Drew, like, good luck tonight. And I'm like, oh, is he like is a job application, like hot date? It's like, no, it's like, I don't know. Champions League. Yeah, Champions League. Like, oh, let's go. Like, I, I, I just can't keep up. I once lost to Fifa D in 26 0. It's just not, it's not my speed. But what gets, what's weird about tennis is that, like, there's like four famous tennis players. Yeah. Like, period. So it just seems weird to me where it's like, you know, the icons of your sport are, are living and breathing today and they're like such dynamic, interesting people. And it's like, hey, I actually don't want to engage with like this dumb thing that we do this yeah. one time. And they're like, how dare you disrespect the sport? It's like, dude, if she leaves, I go back to forgetting this existed. He literally. Like, <laughs> and it's un- it's so unfortunate because it seems as if, I mean, she's so- she's still so young. Yeah. Um, and it's clear that she's gonna she's gonna win multiple. You know, I don't even know what they call them. Uh, the equivalent the, the of the golden racket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's a placeholder. Um, but she she got that. She has the talent. Um, but it's so clear that they're gonna give her the Serena treatment. Yeah. With just unfair criticism at all points in time. time. Credit her her wins to um just unnatural athleticism. Yeah, she's so like athletic. She's a she's a beast. When she lacks in technique, she makes up for it. Brute strength. Which like. is crazy because um I mean I personally don't know too much about tennis either, but I know Oftentimes, Serena Williams was compared to Maria Sharapova, who was also a great tennis player, a woman, and specifically a white woman, um, which is important to the story because when comparing the two, it was all the narrative was always was Serena's brute strength overpowered Sharapova, um, and that's what led to her victory. Where the reality is that Sharapova is actually a bigger person than Serena Williams. Serena just outplayed her. She got outplayed. Yeah. She's like, dude. No, Serena worked hard for her shit. Give yeah. her flowers. Like, easily, probably one of the most, like, bar for bar. Not even bar for bar. Like, it, well, metal for metal. Like, probably the most accomplished living athlete. Someone doesn't randomly just become the, the greatest athlete of all time yeah. without putting in the work for Like, it. there's only so many times she can be like, you know, the dumb luck. Yeah. You know? her genetics before it's like actually you're completely full of shit yeah exactly she's sick and what's i was thinking about recently um there was like the whole match between serena and naomi like two years ago where like everyone made a big deal about like you know serena's frustrations like how like the rep was calling that particular match Mm -hmm. and there was like this political comic that went like viral Mm -hmm. and like painting like Serena as like this like fucking Hulk and shit stomping yeah. on her racket and you know the opposing player Naomi who's also she's black and Japanese was drawn as like white and blonde yeah in the background and like referee's like oh just like let her win or whatever but it's like in comparison to Serena you literally whitewashed another black woman ridiculous and now like this situation is going on and it's like oh the shit like she's black again because we're pissed like, yeah crazy it's ridiculous and th- and this it's not this is not a tennis issue 
No. You see this across all sports, you know, beast mode, you know, where people are constantly told to shut up and dribble basically. Mm -hmm. And then when they do want to shut up, they're like, why aren't you talking to us? You need to talk to us. Right. And I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or they blackball you from the league. That's the other thing. Oh, did you hear about the um NFL like race norming thing? No. Bro, this shit was crazy. Like this should be like front page everywhere. Um, basically, the NFL uh has officially announced they're gonna get rid of race norming when it comes to like cognitive analysis. What's race norming? I don't know what that means. So I learned what it was when I heard about this, but basically, you know, everything was CTE in the league, like people finding connections between like playing like in the NFL or like football and like eventual like serious brain trauma, like leading to like, you know, Alzheimer's and all these neurogenitive stuff. Did yeah. You, yeah. Like all of that. Basically what they were doing is like black players would be like, I think there's a connection between what I'm dealing with right now and my time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the NFL was like, oh, well, if you're going off your cognitive tests, what they would do is they basically be like, oh, we're taking the average based off race. And we're assuming that oh. if you're black, your cognitive level was already lower than average anyway. Oh, wow. So if it's decreased, it's not like we can't find a correlation between your time in the league. That's and crazy. That. Fucked up, right? That's crazy. Fucked up. <laughs> It's like, yo, this is like the NFL. So they're getting rid of that? Yeah, now they're getting rid of it. Okay. But it's like, you know, you can't really be sneaky about like, hey, so. Sheesh. (laughs) Yeah, that's sad. (laughs) I don't even know that was going on. I didn't hear that story. I didn't hear that story at all. Yeah, like it's, I'm sure that they were just kind of like, oh, what happened? You know, keep it moving. But that, like, that's, we were dropping hella hot takes tonight, but like, I think mine is that, you know, in terms of naming your price, like NFL is like the closest thing we have to like. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically just like slavery. I mean, that's, that's definitely a conversation for another day. True. That's a big one. Yes. That's, that's a whole, Uh, I'm no expert. Whole thing in in itself. Not to mention the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. (sighs) We don't, we don't have to go there. We don't got to go there. We don't have to go there. It's the NFL. Living in New York. Oof. How's that? You um, just moved here. I just moved. So you've been here a little longer. Yeah, when did I, you get here? I got here last July. So I was, you know, I was at my school celebrating my senior year until I wasn't. So I went back home to Houston, finished my thesis on my senior year there. Uh, just, you know. What you write your time. thesis on? My thesis was about double consciousness. Uh, mm. W.E.B. Du Bois' idea about the split psyche of the African-American, um, you know, where one half of us is kind of like, you know, American. We're citizens of this supposedly, you know, free nation for all. But then there's this obvious tension with the fact that you know, you're recently, well, at the time, recently freed slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, considered non-human is sort of like the foundation of the democracy yeah that we live in and so like how does that tension sort of manifest in all these ways and he's really talking about reconstruction um the idea got really popular for a while in academic spaces um i kind of think it kind of got railroaded into the the black bourgeoisie stuff so you know people talk about a lot of like college experiences like you know 
our experience at boarding school or like yeah. predominantly like white colleges or just white spaces like you become hyper aware of the fact that like you're a part of that space but you're also black and like that tension creates like problems so i kind of wanted to expand it back out to say like how do we imagine like black futures with this tension so i think there are kind of three ways that we struggle with it in the states uh mm-hmm. there's like kind of the fight for reparations which is you know more of like the continuing of like a recent thing um there's black capitalism or just like you know basically like jay-z's plot to get everyone <laughs> rich uh uh-huh. you know mostly himself you know <laughs> now, and i'm not entirely putting that as his fault it's just kind of like yeah yeah this is the system that exists so you don't break the system inside the system you just make money yeah and then the last one is just like talking about like fights for social justice especially is directed by a black woman like erica garner a uh, daughter of eric garner who sadly passed away uh, two years after him. Uh, she spent like those two years like really, really fighting to, you know, for her. Oh, wow. I didn't know she passed away. Yeah, she passed. She like Rest had. Rest in peace. She had. Um, both Erica and Eric Garner. Yeah. No, she's really like really sad shit. So, but I mean, like it was, it was really fun to write. Obviously, like it got a lot tougher when COVID hit, and like I tried to find ways to write about the pandemic and like the illusion stuff. But I could talk about that a whole other time. the The larger thing is I had to move to New York um, because I was starting work. No, we don't talk. We don't talk about it. We don't. We don't talk about it. So that's the extent to which I'll say while I was moving to New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, moving to New York. Uh, my girlfriend also happened to find a redacted in New York City, so like cool like initially we're like should we live together and we're like man like let's you know figure out what it means to live on our own so you know i found some roommates i found a roommate to start found one roommate and i was like i should probably find a three bedroom because if you have three roommates you split rent three ways you kind of work out that way so the first guy i find is really cool you know name that i mentioned protect the innocent here uh (laughs) After you already name drop mad people, I name drop mad people. Yeah, I'm so yeah. mad about this. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna we're gonna censor all the names. Yeah. After the fact, but yeah, no, he was like, all right, she seemed like a cool enough guy. So you know, we we're chatting off a of Nooklin. It's a good app. I actually need to delete the listing for my apartment off Nooklin. It's still on there, bro. Yeah, I think I get messages like twice a month. Yo, like, I want to, you know, we started this place. I'm like, dude, nine months ago, it's too late. Yeah. Then found, like, that dude moved out. But, yeah, so, like, I I eventually sort of, like, found a space with that guy. He was, like, touring places while I was back home. And we would, like, FaceTime and stuff, trying to coordinate, find a third guy. We interviewed, like, seven different people. Yeah. And I was, like, it took a, like, you know, it was a lot of considerations made there. Like, you know, we want, like, Who's gonna get what bedroom? I somehow finessed the biggest one. I still don't really know how that works, but because we all paid the same rent, and I was like, "This is kind of ridiculous." I got the smallest room in my apartment, so uh, do can't relate. Do you can't do relate. pay? Do you guys split even? You're not. No, we don't. Okay, so well, that makes that sense. Not, that was not happening. You, sh- you should pay. You should pay less rent if you have a smaller room in an apartment that you share. Yes. 
Right. And so I was getting the bigger one. I was trying to argue to this dude, or I suggested, I'm not going to suggest that <laughs> no. I passionately wanted to pay Willie. <laughs> yeah. That I was like, hey, like, I did like this little calculation. Like, I should probably get this much. He said, nah, cool. If you split it evenly. Might have just before we found a third person. So I was like, well, it's only like two or three of us locked this down. Yeah. So cool. We're going to stick with that. So we interviewed a bunch of people. Oh my God. I was like on every site possible. When, to find when you had everyone, did, did you guys work well together? Because this is three, like, you have never met these people. I've before. never met these people in my life. No. And it was like my first time, like, really, really living with a Boarding school and college is kind of like, yeah, everyone's new. Yeah. But like, everyone's new. Yeah. You know? And you're trying to make friends. And yeah. And you're trying to, like, you're going this with the intentions that you're going to, like, and there's a much people. bigger pool of people that you can meet. So if you're right. not friends it's, with your immediate roommate, you can yeah go down the hall or yeah. to the next building. And here in this panini, it's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, so it's like you, you might have to hunker down with these people for a considerable amount of time. So like this is, this is a sidebar. Oh, go ahead. But so I, I had I had a roommate freshman year of college. Per, person that I had never met before. Random roommate. Most people I met this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed he was a great person. I'll say that. And uh, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to speak poorly <laughs> of this person at all. Because we actually worked really well together. Um, I feel like he respected my space. He respected. I respected his space. Um, like unfortunately, we didn't really maintain a relationship after freshman year. But I really enjoyed spending time with him. Until. <laughs> I found out <laughs> that he was spreading rumors that I had a peanut butter fetish. With yeah, yeah, a peanut butter is fetish. That where no, isn't no. I do like peanut butter. I do like peanut butter. But you don't, you don't like. But not sexually. <laughs> I don't. I don't even understand how that would work, honestly. I, I don't know. It seems the mechanics actually seem pretty clear to me. No, I mean, but no, I don't no. want to like. <laughs> I mean, how clear? Because like, because peanut butter is sticky. Look, it, no it one doesn't said really, it would be clean. It doesn't really come off easily. Well, something's gonna. Be, I don't know. You it's know, also salty. Like it's not sweet. I mean, I'm just thinking like of all foods to use yeah, in in that in that space. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter would not be on the list for but, me. But I mean, what would you think of? It's food, man. I mean, some whipped cream. That's a little basic, but okay. I mean, I'll what, what, would, what would you? What, that's I'll basic. Take with cream. I don't know. What would you pick? Cherries, bro. I don't Cherries. know. <laughs> I mean, okay. Cherries. You're about, well, you're, I think we're both thinking of like it's involved. Yeah. What but are like, you thinking? Well, no. I'm. Th- well, he was talking. He was saying like he started over with peanut butter was like your. So I was thinking like. I don't even want to. Yeah, you want to know what you're about to say? Yeah, never mind. We're cutting this. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. So we started a room that you had a fetish for peanut butter. Yeah. Why? Oh uh, yeah. So so basically, my girlfriend bought me. We had just started dating around that time. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we were officially dating actually. Mm-hmm. Well, we were in the talking stage. Yeah. My birthday came around. She knew I like peanut butter. So, she, you know, she went to the store and bought, like... The talking stage is dating. This is so... 
Like, I, yeah, just But how much do you really know someone after, like, a, a couple months, right? It's like, okay, I know this person likes X. I'm going to get X. Right. But then it's like, you know, we're not we're not partners. This is boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Like, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, if, you, if I'm buying gifts for somebody and our relationship is not platonic. Yeah. I'm kind of like, well, this is romantic to some degree. No. Well, it was romantic. Yeah, no, I'm saying I because I've also called it the talking stage. I think it's just kind of like the talking the stage line is is, weird. is romantic. Yeah, no, I know it's romantic, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's confusing. No, I, that is true. That is very. That's a good point. That's a good point. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you're talking with somebody, and that like the whole relationship is is the talking phase. Yeah. Well, then I guess it's like a friend with benefits. Or it's just the benefits because maybe y'all aren't even friends. Like that. It is possible you just aren't friends. I can't imagine like not fish are friends, not food. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, so she bought me like a few different kinds of peanut butter. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. Yeah. So I go to I go to eat the peanut butter, and one of them half the jar it was it was like this fancy organic peanut butter, where you had to like actually mix the oil. Oh, into it. Into it in order for it to get that buttery sensation. And I didn't know that. So I open up the jar. I'm like, I turn it like horizontal. I open it up and the peanut butter oil spills all over my desk. Uh, so the our, our room did smell like peanut butter for like two weeks. Okay. And I, you know, I clean it up, put it in the trash. Next thing I know, this man is spreading rumors about me having a peanut butter fetish. Like What? That is a big leap to make. Yeah. It's like you walk into your bedroom it's like, yeah, it smells like peanut butter. Smell hasn't really gone away. Dot, dot, dot. Question mark, question mark. Like that's the leap you make and then you go tell. Caleb has a sexual fascination <laughs> with this condiment. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Nah, that's a jump. But anyway, that's my roommate story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no one started rumors about what I was it? I mean, I don't know where, where would they go. That's the other thing with like, like roommates in an apartment versus like in school. Like you kind of share the same social dimension. Yeah, maybe not the same circles, but like feasibly something socially going on with them could maybe be relevant to your life. Yeah, not not so with like two strangers. When you yeah, when you sign up, when, well, when you live with two strangers. Yeah, because it's just kind of like I'm I'm serious. Like I really could count the number of unique conversations we had like on less than two hands that's crazy on or just barely two hands yeah like we really did not interact much at all wow well we we were originally supposed to live together yeah that Um, was the plan initially initially. but unfortunately not that we want to talk about work i would actually this is not actually not this talking is about this work is about unemployment because i was unemployed, <laughs> <laughs> I was unemployed all through the summer um and got a got a job elsewhere for a while before coming back to the city yeah um so that's why we didn't end up uh in the same spot but luckily luckily enough for me I was moving back around the same time that I had two two friends that were mm-hmm. planning on coming back into the city at the same time. So that process for me was completely different. 
obviously much more smooth yeah, and the homies does it's actually i mean i love it i love it i think i like i was considering trying to find a studio apartment but it just seemed like it would be kind of lonely honestly it's super isolating especially just it's just like now it's just a bad time especially now to just completely like there's there's just no social interaction you get on the regular yeah that's not on like zoom and i mean the the other thing too is that even even in normal times living in new york city can be very lonely uh which sounds crazy because there's eight million people here yeah but it's eight million people all doing their own thing and so you can hop on this on the subway with hundreds of people, hop be on the bus, a crowded bus, walk home, go to the park, do all these things and constantly be go to work, uh, or not go to work. <laughs> but you're you're constantly surrounded by people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're interacting with them. It doesn't necessarily mean you're having a genuine connection with you them. You can do all that and be alone. Yes. It's kind of crazy. And a lot of people are. A lot of people are. So I don't know. I want. I really want it to be around people, and it's it's working out well. Yeah, it's working out great actually. Yeah, I'm in a much better roommate situation. You know, now I live with with my with my girlfriend, my best friend. So that's lit. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Whatever, whatever. Look, Aww. we now we have this very nice uh, apartment that we basically lucked into. You know, and I thought I want to give this any props but shout out COVID for just like devastating the renters market out here because we this place is definitely would definitely have been outside our price range a year ago yeah and now it's like wow yeah the market is completely different it's completely different now so what you did damn should we should we wrap it up I think we should wrap it up it's like 11 o'clock at night it's 11 yeah, dude. Sheesh. Time flies when you're having fun. Sheesh. And that's why this episode is sponsored by Raycons. <laughs> that's right. Premium wireless earbuds brought to you by Ray J. I, I hit it first, Ray J, baby. Yeah, there you go. The, the man himself. <laughs> All right. Well, yep. Any last uh, sign offs? No, I mean, that's a wrap. Episode one. Uh, hopefully tune in next week for the next one. Yeah. We don't have a set schedule at the moment. Nope. It comes out when it comes out. We also have to edit this because, dear God, wow, so many flubs on my part. (laughs) I just, I'm like, you're going to have to get used to this when you're going down. Yeah, that's fine. Wow, that's tangent. It's episode one. It's episode one. It can't get any worse from here. This is the part you save. This is in a super cut like two years from now. Like it got so much worse. When you're getting canceled. (laughs) (laughs) You know, listen. When you're on the shade room getting canceled, okay. (laughs) I'm not gonna say anything here because I just feel like it's it's just too powerful to jinx. (laughs) Let me just say that people have been getting canceled for centuries and it's way better than it's ever been if you really think about it because niggas just used to get exiled, bro. Yeah. Like Sorry, like, like people are like, this is a witch hunt. Like, no, this is not a witch hunt. This is a witch hunt. You're not talking right now. You're on fire. <laughs> Stake through your heart, bro. Like, it's fine. I, and I'm not going to say anything crazy. 
Yeah. No, no. I'll, no. Also, like, last thing I want to say is because we have been joking about, like, sponsorships yeah. and, like, being on the shade room or whatever. Like, this is... We're not doing this to try to blow up. Like, this is very much a personal project. Yeah, it's just two guys and so, shooting the shit. whoever's right? listening, we love you. If you're not listening, we still love you. Yeah, thanks. I hope you listen when you can. Yeah. When you feel like it, maybe listen to this years in the future. And it's like, wow. That was pretty fun. Or you can be like, wow, that was trash. Either way. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is garbage. Either way, bro. you still listen. You know, if I get on the Mount Rushmore of, of shit podcasts, like, <laughs> I'm on a Mount Rushmore. Not that you want to do that, because, you know, they destroyed a indigenous monument for that. Land back people. All right. Yeah, peace. Peace out. Peace and love. <laughs>